What is up, guys? Good to have you back for another episode of the Teacher Diaries podcast. Today's episode is going to center around how you can increase the level of engagement in your classroom from your students. If you have not done so already, guys, go and check out episode number six where we had Leah on the podcast. We discussed everything from gifted and talented students and how you can best differentiate and support these guys in your class. Beginner teacher mentoring as that's part of Leah's role at our school. And then ultimately the growth mindset and how you can formulate this mindset in your students and in yourself to obviously improve uh, learning outcomes for your students and just well-being and overall uh, better health for yourself. But before we get into today's nitty-gritties of engagement, let's roll the intro. So as I mentioned, guys, today's episode is going to be about how you can increase the level of engagement in your students inside your classroom. Now, it's not going to be about teaching strategies and specific teaching strategies to use. That is going to be left up to you guys and what best suits you and your class. What it is going to be about is a four-phase model of interest and how to develop interest in your students. Now, this is something that I think is really, really applicable because... I first heard about it while I was doing my master's of teaching, and it's something that everybody I feel has a major misconception of, that interest is a personality trait, and it's something that is fixed. All the literature tells us that this is not true, and that interest is something that can be developed and something that can be grown. Why I reckon it's so important is because interest is directly related to and is a major factor for initiating dynamic engagement in the classroom and therefore optimal motivation for student learning. Now, we all probably would have heard before the phrase of, when will I ever use this? Now, when will I ever use this obviously comes about when students can't see the real world applicability or contextualize their learning to their life. With the four-phase model of interest, we can pretty much eradicate the when will I ever use this phrase from our students as when they develop interest in our content area, all right, they therefore can see the applicability to their real world and we relate it obviously back to their real world and contextualize it themselves as they develop that interest. Now, the four-phase model obviously has four sections to it, but it is classified into situational and individual. Now, the first phase, uh, sorry, is triggered situational interest. The second is maintained situational interest. Third being emerging individual interest and then well-developed individual interest being the last. Now, the first two are situational based and are heavily dominant upon external factors where the individual, the last two are heavily based around individual factors and uh, self-fulfillment and self-regulation. So internally based. So if we start with triggered situa- sorry, triggered situational interest as the first phase of the four-phase model, what the triggered situational interest refers to is a momentary catching of attention. So anything that triggers attention or triggers that interest in your content. So this can be things like anything novel, surprises, I guess humor you could put in if you put in, uh, say, classic videos, excursions, documentaries, stuff like that, which is going to trigger that interest in the student. Now, this is the first phase as it's capturing that attention to therefore develop further or greater interest later on. 
So if I use an example for myself, at the moment we started uh, with my year 11 PDH class, the body in motion. And what the body in motion is, it covers four of the major systems in the body being muscular, skeletal, respiratory, and circulatory systems. Now to trigger the situational interest, uh, sorry, to trigger the initial interest of my students in this topic, playing the NBA finals as they are on at the moment, what that does is we can see the body moving, we can see the skeletal system happening, the muscular, muscular system being at work, respiratory and circulatory system being at work. By pro providing a, a trigger that students are already interested in, all right, I can then relate that to my content and my curriculum and syllabus. So triggered situational interest is the initial stage. If I give you another example, I'll give you a science-based one that I'll follow through with. So if a science teacher begins a class with a flashy demonstration that gets the attention of the students, or it could be even a little experiment or something like that that is related to the content. So once you've captured all right, that interest, you move on into the maintained situational interest. Now, obviously we know with the triggers, they can quickly fade and quickly go away. So we're not looking to re-trigger and re-trigger. Once we've got that trigger or that attention, we're looking to maintain that interest in our content. So a maintained situational interest can be defined as an ongoing and deeper interest in an activity. So once we've triggered it, we're looking to maintain and continue student engagement and interest in the content that we're trying to teach. So this interest or maintained interest usually develops from the result of uh, understanding more and finding the meanings of the activity and the content and understanding more of that real world applicability. So we do this through our teaching strategies and a dynamic range of teaching strategies that we can provide our students all right, to maintain that interest in our content. Again, what I do with this, with my example, is once we, when we watch the games, we're discussing, all right, all the systems at play. So we're discussing what bones, what joints, what movements are happening for the skeletal system. We discuss what muscles are being used, the antagonist, the agonist muscles, the pairings, and the movements again. And same thing for the circulatory and respiratory system. What is actually happening to the systems while the play is happening in the basketball? If I refer back to the science example, for example, a teacher or a science teacher has students maybe share crazy stories about whether experiences that they ha have had, all right, and then they relate these experiences back to what the content or the syllabus has. Now, maintain situational interest, sorry, as I said before, is very externally based, all right? It's very dependent upon you as a teacher and providing, all right, the sources that will increase and maintain that interest. So it's really related to our teaching strategies and using a range of teaching strategies to, again, maintain that interest to, therefore, increase the engagement and the willingness to engage in the classroom. So once we've uh, initiated the interest and we've maintained it, what then generally happens is students move into what we call the emerging individual interest. So this is a more student-initiated interest in our particular content and activities. So again, we're now moving from a bit more of an external and moving into a more internally based or internal drive to further develop knowledge and understanding. So through the maintenance of the interest and through the maintenance of our uh, dynamic teacher strategies, hopefully our students will therefore 
develop and progress into this emerging individual interest because we have provided enough content and enough contextualization of our content to the student and now they are actually fully um i guess interested in the content that we are teaching so if i use continue on with the science example so after you do all your meaningful activities in the science class about weather a student might then go and watch all right, weather reports and read weather reports as they've now developed that individual or internally driven interest. So they can learn more about specific weather events such as, I guess, uh, storms and tornadoes. After a bit of time as well, that individual interest then moves into a well-developed individual interest. So this is going to be defined as a deep interest in a particular activity or content areas that is sustained by the individual. So now, without us having to maintain that situationally-based interest, the students maintain their own individual interest and therefore move into a well-developed individual interest. So now it's something they really, really love and it's something that they are now internally driven to continue to increase their knowledge and increase their understanding about. So obviously an increased all right, in, uh, engagement in this phase will increase their knowledge and their desire to re-engage being the big one or when you revisit the same content or similar content later in the year or later in your units, all right, they have a greater desire to then re-engage with the content that is being delivered. So the example for this could be, all right, a student uh, pursues an interest in the weather and develops a deep knowledge about weather. So that they might now go seek out, say, uh, Discovery Channel shows like uh, Storm Chasers or either, other, sorry, any documentaries or anything that is regarded to the weather. Now, not all students are going to get to the emerging and the well-developed or the individual side of the interest uh, phase model. All we really need is to get our students to that maintain interest. So if we can, uh, the situationally maintain interest. So if we can trigger that interest initially and maintain it for the 10 weeks or so what it is, all right, that is enough to get the students to constantly engage during that time. But if we want students to increase their re-engagement in that content, then we need to try and push them and move them in towards the emerging individual interest and the well-developed interest models or phases. As well, there's a thing called seductive details. So what seductive details are, it's just an overuse of the triggers and reusing triggers again. What this does is actually, sorry, detract from the learning. So if we keep using those triggers to engage students and increase interest, it can actually detract from the learning. Once we have that trigger, we really want to focus on maintaining it through our dynamic teaching strategies and through our all right, range of resources that we have to make sure all right, that students are constantly engaged. And therefore, they can then move into the individual and well-developed um, interest models or phases by themselves and therefore become more internally motivated to continue their learning and re-engage. So guys, I hope this helped a little bit and you can take a bit of a practical knowledge from this. If you want more information about it, uh, definitely hit me up with a message. I can send you the uh, article that it's written in and all the information that I have on it, or we can just discuss it further if you would like. Again, all those who have um, followed us on the social media platforms, big thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, if you do enjoy the content that we put out, really, really would appreciate it if you would share it with people, share it on your Facebook, stuff like that, or just send the links to family and friends that might be uh, involved.
So again, thank you very much, guys, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll catch you on the next you one. See money all around me. I look like I'm the man. Yeah, but I was counting up like last week. Tell me where have you been?